Hey there, friends of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Valerie Millsaps, Executive Director here, coming to you with the Armored Truth Podcast, where we will talk about standing on solid ground as leaders in our community that surround the issues of the sanctity of life and talk about a hard subject, abortion. So as we pray on our armor each and every day, how can we do that in a loving, truthful way as we continue to deal with an aggressive enemy and use what God has equipped each and every one of us to use? Armor Truth will be a place to empower you, to encourage you, and to equip you each and every week to speak for those that have no voice. We are so glad you're here with us. Hey friends, friend. I'm excited to join join you here on this Friday, March 20th, 2020, and in the midst of a, a global pandemic, other known as a coronavirus or COVID-19, I wanted, wanted to share some pod, podcast to you to be that place of hope right now, and I and not many people going through this may have a lot of anxiety, may have a fear of the unknown, but rest in knowing that God sees and He knows every situation uh, right now in the future. So we so we can trust in our heavenly Father and know uh, that He's got us. He has this. I wanted to share a recording with you guys today. I had the opportunity uh, this past Sunday to worship with Hope Community Church here in Maryville. And it was a, a great time. I'm a blessing. And I had the opportunity to hear about the Pregnancy Recenter. So, so I want to let, let you hear that, hear that message today. And I would love to hear your thoughts I would love to um, hear from you and how that our team can be praying for you. During this, this time, we are keeping the center open. During this pan- pandemic, we're having, having a strict, strict guideline place of subscribe people as they can stay in. Uh, but we know that uh, the pregnancy doesn't stop amongst uh, a virus. And those that are in fearful of the the decisions about, about pregnancy that are facing seeing difficult pregnancy decisions decisions right now, uh, they're they're happening, and we we want to be that place of hope, hope, and that that light light and darks for them. And even it wasn't a pandemic, and they they have that that space to run into. So we are right now still still we're definitely doing doing cleaning or increase increase cleaning than what we already do. And our material assistance that we hand out, we are uh, taking a different route for the, those. We're screening them and we're placing a pa- package for them uh, and meeting them, meeting them out in the lot. Uh, we definitely have our mobile medical unit and we will be talking this week of how we can utilize that in this time about meeting the needs in our community. So we will update you on that and definitely on our Facebook page. If you don't follow us on our, on our Facebook page, uh, click, click a like to Friends at Blunt County Pregnant Resource Center. We'd love to connect with you there. You can also uh, access the show notes after you listen to this recording today and other ways that you can uh, connect with us. 
uh, in this time, we've had many people ask how they can come alongside and support. There's always the, the opportunity of a financial gift as we can continue to serve those that need, need us most. You could can uh, in you could you could be pledge pledge as a money life sa life saving gift that makes a makes a huge difference. Is that we're continuing to minister to as we go through this. You can uh, donate. You can Amazon us. Diapers, uh, three, three, four, and fives are the biggest, biggest need. Wipes and, and baby formula. So similar formula is a, a huge, huge need. So I, I appreciate you guys. Enjoy, enjoy this recording. Until next, next time. All right, here we are. So uh, a couple quick announcements before I get started here. Uh, just a couple things that we have on our agenda. Apparently, I have two copies of this, but um, here we go. Uh, First of all, we have our men's breakfast coming up on the 28th of this month. If you have not signed up yet, guys, it's at Ivan's house at the cabin. He's he's cooking for us, so it's going to be good stuff. And um, the sign-up sheet is over on the table. Please let him know if you have any dietary restrictions or requirements or anything like that. But we're pretty excited about that. Also, we have a night of worship coming up, which is April... Third, thank you. See, I did that by memory. I didn't even look at my notes. I asked them earlier today. So we have that coming up as well. Look, and I've got kids' books up here. Isn't that wonderful? So I'll, I'll promise not to kick those over. Um, Chris and Jean are actually on a plane right now with Hannah on their way to Cancun for the next uh, couple of weeks. And so Chris is going to be surrounded by an entirely different corona problem than the rest of us. But uh, thank you for uh, at least being here and being uh, with us today. Uh, I sure do appreciate that. And uh, in the spirit of Chris and Jean taking a spring break, we're going to take a little bit of a spring break as well from our apologetic series that we've been going through. Uh, today we have a special guest with us. That's uh, Valerie Millsaps from Pregnancy Resource Center here in Blount County, and, and Valerie's going to be coming up to share with you. So I'm going to try to keep my lesson a little short today so that I give her plenty of time. We're going to spend just a little bit of time today in the book of Mark. Um, as you know, we've been walking through the subject of evangelism. It's been kind of a long haul for us. We've been talking about what does evangelism mean? Why are we called to evangelize? Who do we evangelize to? What, what do we say when we're sharing the gospel? That sort of thing. And that, that led us into our series on apologetics, which was to help us be, able, be equipped to answer questions that may come our way as we're trying to share the gospel. And, and the Lord gave me this, this image, and I almost tried to shoot a video of this, but I'm, I'm not that talented when it comes to special effects and all that stuff, but uh, this image of just constantly throwing a ball, and then the camera shifts, and you get to see the person catching the ball. And I thought, okay, for the next couple weeks, we're going to concentrate not on us throwing the ball, spreading the gospel, but what is the effect of the person that receives it, the person that gets to catch the ball? Because I think sometimes we need to remember that there is a payoff. When somebody accepts Jesus into their heart, what they get, they get salvation, but they also get this big churchy word here, redemption. And it's important for us to remember the prize for them because it gives us an incentive to be willing to do it when we may or may not feel a little hesitant about sharing the gospel. 
So if you'll turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, we're going to be in chapter 5 today, beginning at, at verse 24. So I'm going to read through the section first, and then we're going to briefly break it down. Again, I'm, I'm trying to be really watchful on my time here. Um, so at this point, Jesus has returned to most likely Capernaum, which was sort of his home base. Okay, He's on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. He had crossed the sea done some things there. He's come back here. And on this side, he's in a place where he is, his popularity is tenfold at least. He's really grown in popularity here. And, and word has gotten out about his teachings, about his miracles. And an official named Jairus has come and begged Jesus to come and heal his daughter who is dying. So as we pick up here in Mark 5, 24, Jesus has already agreed to go and he's begun to walk to the official's home. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what she had done and knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Father, just thank you for your word today. Thank you that as we sung earlier, you are a waymaker. Lord, thank you that um, in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this craziness out in the world, the sickness and, and the concern, Lord, that, that you are there. Whether it's a, a small group of us meeting here, whether it's individuals at home, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you love us and you care for us. May your word put new meaning on our hearts today. And may you give us wisdom to discern what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so on the surface, we have this amazing instance of a woman being healed from a chronic condition, physically healed after 12 years. And Mark tells us that she had suffered much under many physicians, that she had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Here's the truth. Chronic illness stinks. Many of you here know that. We have people missing today, not because they're sick, but for fear of getting sick because they deal with a chronic illness, which causes problems. Okay, As many of you know, I've been a diabetic since I was 14, so almost 40 years this year. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so chronic illness stinks. It, it changes everything, but in my case, okay, it's manageable. Uh, just like, you know, many chronic illnesses, it can be manageable. 
but it also becomes a big part of who you are. It defines what you can do sometimes. It defines where you can go, what you can eat. So much societal impact. And it can define that for you, right? I even remember being afraid to tell my wife when we were dating about my condition, about my illness. I was afraid to tell her because I... And I didn't know she was going to be here today when I wrote this sermon. But, I, but I, I, I was like, you know, I really like this girl. I could see a forever with this girl. And this could ruin it. And I remember telling her. I remember being really afraid. We laugh about it now. You know, 20 plus years later of marriage. And we laugh about this. But little did I know that not only did she have to sign up for what I had... But chronic illness was coming after her too. But see, there's a difference. My chronic illness came with a diagnosis and a very much a, this is what you have. Okay? This is what's wrong with you and this is how you deal with it. Now, the fact that sometimes I didn't deal with it as a teenager is on me. That's not on the doctor. Right? Or on you know, medical knowledge. That's just the truth of the matter. Okay? But for her, when it started to come, there was you know, this, this condition, this symptom, that symptom, this symptom, that symptom. And I, we can't tell you how many physicians we, we saw that scratched their head and said, well, one can't be related to the other one. But the IT engineer brain in my head kept saying, there's no such thing as coincidence. Something has to be the underlying cause for all this. And it was really frustrating. She finally got a doctor to look at the whole picture and agree that she has lupus. And here's what I want you to take away from that. Knowing what you have doesn't heal you. But it does give you sort of an odd piece when you can put a name on it or at least you know what you face. So I read, when I read this account in Mark, and I read through it a few times, I, I started having these memories of sitting with Angie and her you know, getting teary-eyed and apologizing to me just because she was so frustrated and there was no answer. We didn't know what we were doing. All the back and forth, yes. All the physicians, yes. All the money that was spent on every potential medicine, every whiz-bang solution out there that might help. You may have a similar story. Or you may know someone who does. So the next time you read this account, I want you to read that with that idea in mind. Because that's what this woman is dealing with. She's dealing with this physical illness that she just can't get healed. She's dealing with that underlying frustration of not knowing why after seeing all these people all these professionals after seeking everything now on top of the physicality of her illness and all of those frustrations there are also cultural limitations for this woman too the laws laid out in Leviticus 15 declared that she was ceremonially unclean this means that she couldn't go to the temple to worship. She, that, that her bed and anything she sat on was considered 
unclean, any person who touched her or that she touched, even accidentally, would be considered unclean. They would immediately have to go and bathe, wash their clothes, and they would be unclean until that evening. So this woman essentially was removed from society. Because, let's face it, with all of that baggage, she wasn't getting invited to parties. She wasn't getting invited out to dinner, right? She wasn't hanging out with friends. She was alone for 12 years. Can you imagine what that had done to this poor woman emotionally and mentally on top of the physical? Mark says, she had heard the reports about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. This is the act of a desperate person. Not only is she risking everything to wade through a crowd of people that she's probably bumping into and potentially making unclean, but she touches Jesus. When Jesus detects that he is touched, he says, who touched my garments? Right? He felt the power leave him. He said, who touched my garments? I love this because all I can think of is like, could you imagine being with your best friend in the entrance to Walmart on Black Friday when everybody's coming through the door at like 6 a.m. and you turn to your buddy and go, who just touched me? I mean, that's the crowd, right? If that were me that were asked that question, I'd say, dude, who touched you? Who didn't touch you? Look. But Jesus says, who touched me? But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. At this point, she knows she's healed. Mark's account tells us that. The truth is she could have slipped away in the crowd. She was healed. She got what she came for, right? She could have just sort of snuck off. But the truth is, is that the law said that anyone who she touched or who touched her was unclean. That, she was gonna, that they would have to bathe. They would have to wash their clothes. They would be considered unclean until evening. But in the face of her redemption, she faces a potentially ugly truth that, quite frankly, we all must accept and we all must face. And that's this. She touched Jesus and potentially made him unclean. Jesus has taken her uncleanliness on him. And how would Jesus react to that? You know, when I read this, and I read this again, this is one of those familiar passages. And many times when I teach, I always say, beware of the familiar passages. Because we tend to just kind of read over it. Well, she touched him, she was healed, da-da-da-da, everything, right? But she potentially made our Lord and Savior unclean by touching him. And she confessed to that to him, afraid, in fear, and trembling, could he revoke it? You know, what, what's the reaction going to be? But the truth is this. 
when I accepted Jesus into my heart, I was unclean. And he took my uncleanliness. He took all of our uncleanliness. When we touched him and he touched us, yeah, he took that. How could you not fall down before him in fear and trembling? The truth is, none of you know my uncleanliness. Only me and my Savior. And the same is true for all of us. How could we not fall down in fear and trembling when that happened, that exchange, and Jesus took the uncleanliness? And not only did he take it, what does he say to her? Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You know, I, uh, every now and then like to throw out a little bit of Greek because my education cost a lot of money. So um, the, uh, the Greek word that was used there for healed is the same word that's sometimes used for saved. So uh, imagine rereading that this way. Daughter, your, your faith has made you well. Be saved. Be saved. Go in peace and be saved. And don't miss that Jesus calls her daughter. What does that mean? She has become part of his family now. She's been saved. She's been redeemed. Somebody say amen to that. I mean, you know. And that, that's, what, that's what waits for all of us. That's what waits for those that we are called to evangelize to. The people that we are throwing the ball to, that we're feeling a little hesitant about reaching out to, that's what waits for them. Salvation redemption, and becoming part of a family. It's a beautiful thing. So I, I promised I was going to keep it brief, and, and I am. I'm going to uh, invite up another of Jesus' daughters to uh, speak to us today. And uh, uh, like I said, this is Valerie Millsap. She's the executive director, is that correct, of the Pregnancy Resource Center here in Blount County. So would we give her a... She was brave enough to come. So uh, I'm going to get you a microphone here to speak into, and uh, you should be good, and I will get all this out of your way as well. Okay, thanks. Uh, thank you for the opportunity for having me today. It's a blessing to be here and just share. Uh, one of the stories that I always love to start with is that we had a mom and dad come to our center receiving their very first ultrasound. And as soon as the nurse started the exam, the image of the baby was so clear. The dad's eyes began to watch that sweet baby move within the womb and giggling started from the dad back in the corner of the ultrasound room. And it, he started to watch that baby jump with joy. And so he was giggling. He started to shake in the little chair. And he looked at our nurse and asked, is that my baby? And our nurse says, of course, he looks just like you. <laughs> The dad could no longer keep those giggles in. He started giggling so loud that his whole body was shaking, and he was rocking back and forth, back and forth, with so much joy. And this is how it should be every single day. Life should be sacred, valued, and welcomed. 
And that's our vision of the Pregnancy Resource Center, to live in a community where every life is sacred, valued, and welcomed. Not in my particular case. Even though I grew up in a loving home, I grew up in church. I was in middle school and high school, and I just slowly started to drift away from church and seek friends that mirrored the world. When I graduated high school, I gave myself up to a life of partying, drugs, sex outside of marriage. My parents would have no idea where I was or if even if I was alive because I would be gone at weekends at a time. Not only did, had I graduated high school, but my lifestyle made it very easy to graduate from church as well. I was seeking to continually fill a void in my heart that led to just a, a worldly, destructive life. <clears throat> I was seeking my worth and my value and my purpose and whatever the world had for me. It was eight months after graduation that I would stare at a positive pregnancy test. I had envisioned in my mind that my boyfriend would come to my rescue, uh, he would be the man that I hoped that he would be, and everything would be okay. He would say, I'm here for you, only he wasn't there for me. He said, you could just get an abortion. Nobody has to know. We could just get it done and over with. And I was alone and completely broken. I had nothing. My friends left. I was felt very isolated. But that's when Jesus stepped in. He was the only thing I had, and he is all we need. I started back to church, and when I was eight months pregnant, it was on a Wednesday night after church, that I walked the altar and just fell face down at the altar. Nobody was in there. I was by myself. It was completely just an intimate moment with Jesus. And I laid there and I just felt a warm presence all over my body. And I knew everything was going to be okay. I surrendered my life to the Lord and I got saved. He took those broken pieces and raised me to new life. My daughter, Kaylee, she literally saved my life. My husband adopted her as his own and proposed to both of us in front of Cinderella's castle when she was three. We're a little Disney crazy, if, if you ever talk to us. We, we have two girls. Kaylee is 20 and Mackenzie is 12. When my husband and I got married, it wasn't long before God started to reveal things to me. And as I spent time in worship and desiring to be close to him, the more and more that he would uh, show me the desires of his heart, he wanted to, me to share how he pulled me out of darkness, how I was lost and became found. But for ten and a half years, I said no. God kept calling me to step out and, and just share my story, and I would say no. I was scared of what people would think. I believe the lie that I couldn't be used because of my past. For ten and a half years, God wanted a totally surrendered Valerie Millsaps. And he definitely wants a totally surrendered us. It was finally when I said, 
okay, Lord, here I am. Use me however you want to. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That he opened the door for me to serve at the Pregnancy Resource Center. And it was, I've been there six years since February. And it is a gift to share the hope and love of Jesus with those that walk in our door with our incredible army of people. There are so many stories of redemption, and here is one that is continuing to unfold. If there's a photo that I want to share with you, the photo you see here is a gift basket that we presented to one of a precious moment that we had last week with our staff and our volunteers for one of our brave moms. We cried, we laughed, and we encouraged one of our moms that had stopped in with huge tears. This incredible, brave mom said, I couldn't have done it without you. It was a God thing, she said, how quickly everything came together. And I know now without a doubt that God sent me here. Uh, Every day should be a celebration like this. You see, Julie, as I call her to protect her, came to us in late January, captivated by fear. Julie was determined to have an abortion and was willing to travel and take out of a loan to pay for this abortion. Julie knew she was farther along, but wasn't really exactly sure how far along she was. She just knew she couldn't have an abortion in Tennessee. As our nurse began the ultrasound, Julie was within weeks of delivery, and she was still set on having an abortion. Many times the moms that we serve think that abortion is their only option and do not even comprehend that life in the womb exists at this point in their lives. They are paralyzed by fear. This pregnancy is just a problem, a problem that needs to be fixed and fixed quick. This is why the abortion industry is a multi-billion dollar industry and taking the lives as much as 3,000 lives every single day around the world. 27 lives each day here locally. Our nurse asked Julie how she was feeling at that moment after seeing the ultrasound and explaining fetal development. Julie asked her nurse, how much at this point, uh, how far along I am now that we know what would it cost for me to have the abortion? So she really was still set on that. Our nurse and volunteer advocate um, just started to share the reality where she was at this point and how much it would cost, adding up the cost at 36 weeks. Our nurse also shared how this baby could be born many weeks before and survived, not to mention be born right then and survived. And our nurse began to share with Julie how that she could be so brave and give the gift of adoption. Tears began to stream down her face on a puddle of the ultrasound exam paper. Our nurse said, do you know what kind of story you will have to share with others one day? The story how you gave the gift of life? 
that a couple that was waiting for a baby, Julie did choose life. And the gift basket that you see there, that was given to Julie to celebrate her. When she came in last week, it was on the very day she had finalized the adoption. It was the hardest day of her life, but she had faith knowing how God used her to bless someone else. We were able to show Julie and continue to show her and many others the reason for the hope that is within us. We had the opportunity to share that very hope with 910 people last year. And 864 of those people made a decision for life. Of those 910 people, many of those women would bring their boyfriend in or their friend with them. So that gave us an opportunity to really minister to 1,430 people. Many of those women were excited to bring their boyfriend in. We wanted them to because we wanted to see, tell them how important that they were and to be able to see life within the womb too. But with that opportunity, we got to meet them where they are physically, but also meet them where they are spiritually. We had three people accept Christ last year. One person rededicate their life and one family rededicate their life. Those women that did make a different choice, they know that our door is always open to them. No matter what, we're still there waiting for them too. We're able to serve the community at no cost with pregnancy testing, ultrasound, STD testing, support programs that help the families not only before their preg- or during their pregnancy, but after they're pregnant and continue to walk through them and minister to them and continue to build that relationship with them, which makes such a difference. And it's so awesome to see God kind of work in their life and just, just a change from the beginning that they walked in our door to later. In a world right now that's such driven by fear, we need to look out into this world with bold faith and see the one See the daughters and sons that were created in the image of God and let them know the hope that is within us. They need it now more than ever. With everything going on, this is another excuse for them to not bring a child into this world and we can share the hope that we have and that they could have too. As I close... Uh, I want you to take a moment to watch this incredible video of one of our moms, Allie. We've had a chance to get to know Allie, and she's an incredible lady. She came to us uh, just a month ago so excited because she got engaged. She wanted to show off her ring, and she's going to be getting married at at the end of this month and said, you have to come to my wedding. And it's like, of course we will. But she's also helping us. She feels called to ministry, and we're doing a 12-week Bible study for single pregnant moms at our center, and she's there helping because we want to feed into that. We want to help her and walk out the person that God has called her to be, just like everyone else that walks in our building. You can help moms just like Allie. You can volunteer. You can be a monthly life-saving sponsor. You can be a prayer warrior. 
It could be all of those. And we have brochures that you can find out more information. But we have people coming in tomorrow that are literally choosing life and death for their child every single day. And you can give them a reason to have faith. Today is the day that we can step out and save a life. Not only the child, but the the mom and the dad. You can help us get the help the brave families get all the love and support that they need as they walk in our door for the very first time. And enjoy this story of Allie. I love the little teeth. That's always like my favorite part of, of child development there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team to come up and close us. And as I do, um, Valerie and Beth, if uh, I could get you to come up here, we'd like to pray for you and for your ministry. And what I'd like to do is, before Angie takes off, I'd like to get Maggie and Angie to come up here with me because Maggie's our, our kids pastor here and, and Angie's, uh, my wife, is kids pastor at another church. And I just think that's appropriate um, because you have a heart for children. I think that this would work best. So um, let's just sort of gather around. The rest of you, if you would, just sort of extend a hand symbolically. I want to pray for these ladies and, and for their ministry. Um, Father, we just thank you. Um, when Valerie was talking about her army, I just saw this image in my mind of you in front of the army of the Israelites. And I know you're in front of this army too. Thank you for the lives that you've saved. Thank you for the ministry that is growing in this county. Thank you for the opportunity to, to hear about this and to uh, put this on our hearts, Lord, so that we can join them in helping these people who don't know you find you or get reacquainted with you uh, Lord, thank you for their time and for their passion to be here today. 
Um, we just uh, we just lift up this ministry to you and to to all kids. They are the future. And uh, Father, we just thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Armor Truth Podcast. For more information on this podcast or show notes, you can visit us at armoredwithtruth.com. You'll be directed to our blog section to listen to more or past episodes. You can also connect with us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also visit the main website at youmakeherbrave.com where you can take being not only a hearer, but also being a hearer and a doer. You can learn about being a volunteer, be a monthly partner. $30 a month saves one life from abortion and helps us walk side by side with that new brave family. So again, thanks for tuning in. See you next week on Armored Truth.